The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, Feb 12, 2019, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, coming up on today's show, my radio pal Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment is here today. Uh, Trump's cocaine rant last night in El Paso was more unspooled and shouty than normal. We'll recap the madness here in a second. There's uh, collusion and then there's no collusion. We've got two conflicting reports on collusion today. One makes me nervous, one makes me happy. I guess in the end it all balances out, huh? And uh, Steve Schmidt stormed off his own show the other day when challenged by his own co-host about his ridiculous gig with Howard Schultz. We've got that audio, but enough about all that. Let's talk about Chris Lavoie's Banded Masculine Candles. Banded Masculine Candles are all-natural soy wax candles in steel containers with masculine scents like leather, blood orange, and hunting lodge. Each one is poured by Chris Lavoie's mighty hands and no lavender. He hates that crap. Leather smells like a broken-in baseball glove or maybe a harness if you're into those things. Uh, Blood Orange sends a deep, complex citrus scent into the air. Hunting Lodge is a sweet mix of blue spruce and whiskey. Humidor smells like unsmoked pipe tobacco, earthy hints of cherry and cognac. Campfire brings the scent of a crackling campsite indoors. Roast a marshmallow over it, or maybe not. Freshly cut grass brings the clean smell of a freshly mown lawn indoors without the allergies. And Mojito is a fresh mix of mint and lime with just a hint of rum. Chris is using his bulbous pectorals to create some of the best smelling candles I've ever whiffed. So when you shop, make sure to click the Banded Masculine link at bobseska.com and we get a small commission from every candle you purchase. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I like how you call homosexuality an abomination. I don't say homosexuality is an abomination, Mr. President. The Bible does. Yes, it does. Leviticus. 18.22. Chapter and verse. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions while I had you here. I'm interested in selling my youngest daughter into slavery, as sanctioned in Exodus 21-7. She's a Georgetown sophomore, speaks fluent Italian, always cleared the table when it was her turn. What would a good price for her be? While thinking about that, can I ask another? My chief of staff, Leo McGarry, insists on working on the Sabbath. Exodus 35-2 clearly says he should be put to death. Am I morally obligated to kill him myself, or is it okay to call the police? Here's one that's really important, because we've got a lot of sports fans in this town. Touching the skin of a dead pig makes one unclean. Leviticus 11.7. If they promise to wear gloves, can the Washington Redskins still play football? Can Notre Dame? Can West Point? Can I burn my mother in a small family gathering for wearing garments made from two different threads? Think about those questions, would you? One last thing. Well, you may be mistaking this for your monthly meeting of the ignorant, tight-ass club. In this building, when the president stands, nobody sits. Bob Seska! Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show! It's the Trump Crisis Day 754, 630 days until the 2020 presidential election, and three days 
Until the next government shutdown, maybe. Maybe. I have no fucking idea. But here to help us out with that is my friend Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Wow. Did you see all the people lined up outside? <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say I'd say we have at least 10,000 in here, and there must be another 10,000 outside. Oh, sure. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, on, a, on a Twitter advice of the president, Bob and I are here today to loosen up and have some fun. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We never have fun on this show. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's it's kind of a a weird day, and I'll tell you why. Because yesterday, oh, yeah. uh, Ben Cohen at the Daily Banter posted a uh, a lengthy article about how the Daily Banter, which is the the publication I've written for, uh, in addition to Salon and the Huffington Post and some of the right. others, I've written for the Daily Banter um, since 2012. Right. And uh, most of you listening to this show have uh, have read one or two articles over there at the Daily Banter that I've written, or Ches Pazienza has written, or mm-hmm. Ben Cohen, or uh, let me see, Jeremy Fassler, uh, Justin Rosario, the whole gang, Robert Covington. And uh, Ben announced yesterday that because of reasons we've discussed on this show over and over again, <coughs> Facebook, <Fuck you! laughs> uh, the Daily Banter is now... Uh, going to cease being a destination website or opinion blog or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh-huh. and, and is moving over to a um, to an email newsletter format, which uh, on the surface it seems like wow, isn't that sad? Wow. <laughs> and it kind of yeah, it kind of right. is, but I mean, I want to I want to absolutely make sure that I emphasize Buzz the fact that. Uh-huh. That the Daily Banter is not doing this because we've given up. We're not doing this because we're running out of money. Nothing oh. like that. It's it's mainly because Facebook. Facebook has screwed over not just the Daily Banter, but dozens of other online publications because, of course, Facebook is in this ongoing process of cleaning up its own fuck-ups with the 2016 election, of course, and all right. of the Russian uh, bots and GRU trolls and uh, the fake ads and the fake news that it was allowing willingly on its platform for months, if not years. And because of that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg was called up to uh, 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 Capitol Hill where he testified and had the fear of God placed in or not, maybe not necessarily God. But the but the fear of being regulated like a public utility, right? Yeah. His worst nightmare. Exactly, because if you know anything about Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg loves to control his own shit. I mean, he's really mm-hmm. into the idea of it's all about me. It's all about my invention, which isn't really his invention, but that's another story. And he wants to main, con- maintain control over his own empire, over his gigantic ant farm that he's now controlling and randomly shaking up to screw people over. And of course, we've seen in the history of this we've seen uh, people like Kimberly A. Johnson and, and so many others James Reader uh, of, uh, numerous uh, opinion blogs and websites with their pages shut down for no particular reason until they justify it with a made up reason after the fact and then um, on top of all of that and this is specifically germane to the daily banter is that what Facebook often does is if it's an outside website if it's an outside political website especially what Facebook will do is throttle the reach 
of any status update that includes links to that website or that series of upwards of hundreds of websites. And so what they want to do is they want to coerce people like Ben Cohen, like the Daily Banter, like uh, all these other publications. Salon has been affected, certainly. Uh, the Huffington Post, based on the fact that they purged a bunch of people last week, that's uh, been yes. affected too, of course. What they want to do is they want to get all these publications to start paying for their reach, which it seems to me as if that's counter to the original idea of Facebook, which is to build these organic networks of people who like certain kinds of content or like certain kinds of status updates. And so that's just what everyone was doing. I mean, everyone with a publication or a profile of their own thing, you buzz, me. A podcast, right? A podcast, yeah, yeah, and you name it. We all uh, simply did what the platform is all about. We share information. We share opinion. We share links and photographs, whether it's something right. from the news or it's our dinner or our cat photos. These are things that Facebook was naturally built for, and that's what we're doing. But what Facebook is saying is, if you have an outside website, you're not going to get to share that with the same frequency that someone who has a cat video will get to share right. their cat video. So consequently, all of these websites that relied on Facebook to drive viewers, because Facebook is the gigantic platform. That is the monolith in the middle of all of this stuff. For, for us little guys in podcasting, it's all we had. Yeah. It's all it's all there was to work with. Yeah. And in fact, you know, uh, uh, Kimberly and I had dinner with uh, comedian Jen Kirkman the other night. Uh, she was here uh, performing at the Arlington right. Cinema and Draft House. If you can find tickets, get tickets, and go see... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jen Kirkman at live. Oh my God, so funny. I could do a whole hour talking about how funny her show was. But uh, we're sitting around talking, and of course, Jen Kirkman's been affected by Facebook, where she relies on Facebook and right. the number of followers that she's accumulated over the years that we've all accumulated. You're up to 5,000 buzz. Kimberly Johnson used to be up to 5,000. I'm somewhere in the mid 4,000s. We've naturally accumulated these audiences in order to not only do what Facebook does, right? But we've also right. So accumulated these audiences as a platform upon which we can post things like podcasts and articles that we've written in the salon and the daily banter and the Huffington right. Post and all points in between. Samples and, of our independent work. Yes. Exactly right. And so what Facebook is doing is saying, ah, ah, you can't do that. And why Why can't we do that? Because they fucking accepted rubles from right. the Russian military intelligence agency, the GRU, in order to spread anti-Hillary Clinton, pro-Donald Trump, and in some cases, pro-Bernie Sanders propaganda on Facebook that so many people ended up becoming witting or unwitting accomplices in because we live in a culture now where we we automatically retweet and share something that catches our eye without really right. even thinking about it and so as a result of that bye-bye <laughs> bye-bye to livelihoods bye-bye to publications that have been uh building an audience over the course of decades in some cases i mean i know um, that uh, the Huffington Post has been around now since 2005, and they had to drop all kinds of people uh, mm -hmm. off of their staff because of this exact thing. The other thing that Facebook does is it dilutes the ad revenue so that uh, people, you know, advertisers end up spending all of their money on this gigantic platform to advertise their shit. Right. There's very little money to go around to any place else because, again, 
you know, if you want to communicate with people and you're willing to pay for it, Facebook is the platform for that. So that, I mean, that in a nutshell is kind of where we are with online publications is where we are with Facebook and this, uh, this behemoth. It used to be that we didn't need Facebook to promote websites. We didn't need Facebook to promote what we were doing. But now that Facebook is so ubiquitous, where everyone is on Facebook, it's not that we're trying to exploit Facebook. We're right. just doing what everyone else is doing, except that Facebook, in our cases, is going, uh-uh, not unless you pay. Right. <laughs> not unless you pay. And quite frankly, I mean, I I have paid Facebook in the past for reach. Right. I I can't justify doing it anymore. I just simply no. because even if it harms me, I can't give them more money out of just the ethics of it <laughs> because I know how terrible Mark Zuckerberg is and I know how they have fucked over the world. 2016 screwed the world. It wasn't just the United yeah. States. It wasn't just Democrats. It wasn't Hillary Clinton. It was the world because now- yeah, exactly. The planet is faced with this monster in the White House, and Facebook is partly to blame for that. You're not to blame for that, Buzz. I'm not to blame for that. Kimberly's not to blame for that. Certainly, the no. Huffington Post or the Daily Banter or Salon, not to blame for that either. But we're all, of course, facing the consequences. So that is that is my Facebook rant. That is uh, where we are with all of this. And it's well, we still have Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's Twitter. And, I mean, and seriously, I mean, the best of luck to the Daily Banner. Uh, my first question when you started this was, uh, this all this wonderful material written by you and Chez and others, is that archived somehow? Will that will that somehow be available to people who want to access it, or is that is that off for now? I, I assume that it's going to stay online. I think the entire archive uh-huh. of the website. I, I mean, Ben, I, I guess I shouldn't just assume, but I assume right. Ben is keeping that all up because I mean really I mean that was a gigantic well, expenditure on his part of time and yeah, effort and oh, money and so I, I imagine that he wouldn't just of, of course, off of the course, site so. of course he'll keep the archive I have no yeah, doubt yeah. Uh, you know just I was wondering if it would be accessible because there's a lot of really wonderful stuff there yeah. and and has been and that's that's a shame uh but you know I like I said maybe uh, maybe using Twitter more than Facebook. I don't know. Well, the problem, uh, Buzz, is that uh, if you look at stats of a website, usually it's Facebook that drives, I don't know, 85% of the traffic to a site. Twitter, yeah. for some reason, and, and this is because Facebook, just the nature of its platform, people click on links on Facebook. On Twitter, however, they click on links far less often. So we can share things on Twitter, and I think that's still an important thing. And, and quite honestly, we still have to share things on Facebook. But right. uh, the return on that on that sharing yeah, I understand. is not what it used to be. I mean, I remember yeah. uh, back doesn't, in... It tw- doesn't generate the action that Facebook does. Yeah, I mean, if you remember, back in 2013 and prior to that, you could post something on Facebook, and suddenly whatever you're linking to has 100,000 views or more than 100,000 views, depending on how viral it is. That was the standard operating procedure because Facebook didn't throttle those statuses. They didn't say, all right, you know what? We're going to put the brakes on how this gets seen by the followers that you've organically grown all by yourself, user of Facebook. There's a lack, and I hate to sound like Donald Trump in all this, but there's a lack of basic fairness in usage of this platform and i go back to what i said a second ago it's a we built this platform individually you built your following i built my following we all built our own followings on facebook so therefore how we communicate to our facebook friends and our facebook followers 
is, as far as I'm concerned, our prerogative. It's not up to Facebook to say, no, you can't talk to the people you're friends with. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's always been Zuckerberg's toy, and uh, unfortunately now, as you said, it envelops the world, the planet. Yes, yeah, exactly right. And so if you want to promote something online, you have to genuflect before the the golden idol of uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, but I have some good friends there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the thing. I mean, again, if you you abandon Facebook, you get the sense that, well, I'm deleting myself from the world. I mean, that's just the. I mean, I'm kind of exaggerating and and simplifying it a little bit. But they have that in Europe, you know, the right to delete. Now, the court ruled that you you have a right. A European Union court ruled, I believe, that you have the right to have yourself deleted. Yeah. That that they that if you ask a social media platform or anyone else to remove you, they have to do it. Yeah, and that's true, and that, and that's perfect, and I love that. I think that's a great. Uh, uh, regulation to have on the books. The the problem is though uh, that Facebook and the the audience that it drives to my work, for example, I just put myself right. in the middle of this because it is me. Um, Facebook is so enticing to drive traffic to my work because I've built up a following, a community of friends. And so naturally, I want to tell those friends what I'm doing, but Facebook is saying I can't do that. So, right. so you know, I, I do, I want to bail out of Facebook. I want to say enough with Facebook. Sure, but we all do, yeah. Yeah, but it, you're stuck. You're stuck because you got, no, there's not only. Have you heard of this thing called MySpace? <laughs> see, yeah. I mean, so that all, should the, be... all the kids, all the kids are getting on MySpace. That should be the big <laughs> lesson to Zuckerberg is that, yeah. you know, there was Friendster and Friendster got replaced right. with MySpace. Facebook came along and replaced MySpace, and there is something that is going to come along, and it's going to replace Facebook. And well, here's the funny thing. I, I believe MySpace is still around. I mean, we could all just <laughs> yeah, meet true. over there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It is still around. And it's, uh, yeah. That'd show Zuckerberg, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's right. Can you imagine if suddenly, like, a phoenix MySpace rises from the ashes of Facebook's fuckery, and, and suddenly uh, everyone's back on MySpace again? That would be a... a uh, a who, first. That who, would be a first. Who doesn't one. love irony? That would be wonderful. <laughs> All right. Well, enough of my whining here about uh, about Facebook. That happens to be the case. And, you know, quite honestly, I've been working, like I said, for the Daily Banter since 2012. And it's it's just, I feel like yeah, it's, it's the, the end of an era. And we worked very hard. I know Chez worked very hard, too. And, and I know uh, of all of us, I think Chez would be the most upset by all of this. I was of course. texting yeah. with Ben Cohen yesterday. And I said, you know, you know what? As soon as you mentioned this to him he would have been on the phone with me in like a heartbeat going, oh my God, Bob, what's going on? I'm doomed now. And I would have had to talk Chez off a ledge. But you know you know that he would have come up with some uh, some salient uh, line or a paragraph about all of this that I'm certainly sure. had a whole There's article. Sum it all up. Yeah, 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 about what Facebook is doing and, and why it shouldn't be doing what, what it's doing. So uh, speaking of people who are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, let's, uh, let's talk about Donald Trump's El Paso uh, shout fest last night <laughs> and one of the reasons why i'm bringing this up is because it's been a while since we saw a trump rally and i'll speak for myself it's been a while since i actually fully bathed in one of these uh, yeah. uh cocaine rants of his 
Let me just get this off my chest. Okay, now. yes, all yours. I, I saw you tweeting about this last night, and and <laughs> I was it made me sad. And I thought, Bob, 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 why are you mm. watching this? You should not be watching this. <laughs> he, he said what he always says. What yeah, and they, they yeah. cheered at the things they always and they the locker up. You know, it's the usual uh, religious service that they conduct. Uh, and and you know, this is of course a re-election uh, campaign rally. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost. Uh, you know, Fox is the only channel that carried it. I, I'm sorry that they did, but I understand they have a red-hatted audience to please. But you, Bob, you, you of all people should not have been even watching this thing. Nothing happened there that you haven't already seen, I think, in some form or fashion before. Uh, it, that That was my concern. I think your concern was well founded, and that's for sure. I mean, I, I, look, I, I, you know, I, I said, hate to see you stress yourself unnecessarily. Uh, so, someone, one of my Twitter followers, said to me the other day, "said You know, look, I, this is your last chance. I'm warning you for the last time. Stop responding to Donald Trump's tweets, or I'm going to unfollow you." And I said to him. I said, you know what? You might as well go ahead and unfollow me because I'm kind of in the business, and so I got to at least check in. And that's all I really did. I mean, let, let's be clear about this. I didn't uh -huh. sit and watch it from beginning to end. <laughs> okay. I was, because it, it looked, you know, just following that sort of thread, it, it appeared that's what you were doing. And, and yeah. I was I was very, very concerned because I knew how much it would upset you and, and how inconsequential it really is. I mean, while he was down there lying, and uh, working up uh, his dwindling crowd, uh, <laughs> Republican and Democratic lawmakers in Washington were uh, making sure, to the best of their ability, that the government remains open and that people uh, who work for the government continue to get paid. Uh, and and so I think it's pretty obvious, you know, what's going on here. And I, I think the news really, the bigger news was in Washington than than it was in El Paso, except yeah. for, of course, what Beto O'Rourke did. Well, the, the reason I checked in specifically was because now, as you said, we're talking about a presidential campaign now. Now right, he's now right. he's officially running for re-election. Yes, yes. And I wanted to look at what he was saying and how the crowd was reacting through that particular prism. Mm. And what I got, well, first of all, as soon as I turned on, and this was toward the end, uh, maybe in the last, I watched maybe the last 15 minutes of it at most, uh, mm. maybe even less than that, but as soon as I I turned it on. It was that German kid freaking out on his uh, computer keyboard. This guy. This is, this is Trump. Trump last night. I mean, literally, he he couldn't have sounded more like Hitler. like it was delivering. Yeah, like like Hitler. Let's mm -hmm. let's call it what it is. I mean, it was a Nuremberg rally. I mean, that's exactly what he was doing. At one point. He actually started just randomly saying murders, 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 killings, See? murders. Murders, 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 and listen, killings, murders. And, and here, if you heard the crowd in the background on that, that was the sound of the crowd throughout the whole thing. And, right. and so based on uh, how I described this experiment of tuning in uh, the Trump rally for the, the mm -hmm. purposes of gauging uh, this whole thing from a re-election point of view, he was saying things to that crowd that you know from a propaganda point of view is going to drive them all out to the polls. And I'll tell you this, it was about murdering babies. I mean, of course, once again, murders, yes. murders, killing murders, 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 killing murders, murders. Yeah, killings, like, murders. All right, it's like the Democrats are murdering babies that are sitting in incubators. The Democrats are allowing uh, rapists uh, from Mexico to come into the country and, and to kill people and to commit murders, murders, killing murders. Murders, murders. Yeah. 
and so, killings, murders. And so uh, it was one of those things that uh, the the kind it was the kind of rhetoric that just whips people up into a fucking frenzy because he's terrifying mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, just the fear that you've talked about for years yeah. uh, as a political motivator and uh, that's being used uh, in in an almost comical way here and i say say that ironically that that it's it's cartoon cartoonish maybe is a better way of putting it yeah yeah uh, that's good hit, certainly like a hitler cartoon but but uh, i very, was very much i was yeah. struck by how much he was yelling and normally yeah, at these rallies right. he does well, yell a lot but he's actually he's taking it to the, the syphilis syphilis combined with the fact that someone clearly fried his kfc in liquid yeah i don't and i don't mean to you know that was a cheap joke what i mean to say is (laughs) it's the pressure it's i I think the pressure is getting to him i think he realizes he's backed into a corner know this about working that crowd and and working that part of the base up into a frenzy first of all the people who show up in the red hats to those rallies uh are are only a percentage of the people who in the polls a small percentage of the people who in the polls say they support trump and know that 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 number's down to just barely over one in three, uh, if 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 that. So know this: every time you you turn on the TV and you see them chanting "Lock her up again," as they were last night, two years after yeah. defeating Hillary Clinton, they're still chanting "Lock her up." Uh, and and everything else, and build that wall, and and the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and when you see that, know that that's a minority of of Americans. I am so heartened by a Washington Post poll uh, out uh, this morning, I believe it was, that says a six in ten Americans uh, want to see all. I'm sorry, eight in ten Americans, more than eight in ten Americans, want to see all of the Mueller report. Uh, more than nearly sixty percent of Americans will believe Mueller's account over Trump's. And uh, something like 56% of Americans uh, favor the idea, i make sure I have that number correct, but a majority of Americans favor the idea of Congress beginning impeachment hearings and trying to remove this president. Yeah. To the question, you know, would you, would you favor that? Uh, the, the truth is uh, people want to see that happen. The, the mm-hmm. numbers are, are incredible. More than six in 10 of us, would more than six in ten of us would support Congress impeaching and trying to remove this president? Yeah, yeah, and that's all quite a relief, no doubt about that. Yeah, so don't be too. I mean, be afraid of these people because they're spooky, but know that the, the the folks you saw at that rally are only I, I would reckon a small percentage of of the people available in that region to support Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and and uh, it's like well, you talked about. We learned about this in radio. You have active listeners and passive listeners active listeners are the ones who call the radio station to be on the show or to make a request or whatever uh they represent like one uh, percent of the audience yeah that's that's so these are the active supporters of donald trump if they're only a few percent of uh, all trump supporters uh, know that the rest of trump supporters may not feel that way and may not agree with some of the things he says it, you in other polls people say no we don't believe we, we don't believe him you see we yeah. support him because we like his his, his style you know it doesn't yeah we know he's lying but eh, we don't care about that we like his attitude yeah uh, you know and so but 
even that will dwindle uh, when he's convicted of, of crimes or when he, when when Congress, when the Senate uh, convicts him of a crime. Uh, people are, are ready to see him go if that's the case and they want to see the results of the Mueller investigation to know that. So I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about about where this is headed, provided he doesn't kill us all between now and then. Yeah, well, that, that's a very, always, very good point. you, yeah. you got to put that asterisk on everything, right? Provide, provided yeah. we're not all dead by the time the right. election. Election right. rolls around, yeah. but I mean, I just I still feel as if uh, we underestimate Trump at our own peril. If if we, I understand, I understand. You know, yeah. gunshot. I mean, I know once burned, I guess. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, I sat here in uh, 2015 as the rumors about him announcing his candidacy were ramping up, and I said, "Oh, won't this be fun? We can make fun of Donald Trump for a few months, and then he'll go away." But please, please run for president, Donald Trump, so we can make fun of you. I wasn't the only one. I think. Uh, I remember even Do- John Stewart was saying shit like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and then here he came, uh, and every time he said something horrible and obnoxious that you think is going to be utterly dis- disqualifying, and then people are going to be repulsed by it, his poll numbers go up. And so, well, and, and we didn't expect uh, we yeah. didn't expect the email dump uh, that, that came on, on Hillary Clinton. That's we didn't true. expect the announcement from uh, uh, the FBI director uh, James Comey that, that they were restarting an investigation into Clinton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just days before the election, we we didn't need the we didn't expect those things. We had good reason, I think, to believe yeah. that uh, that uh, Trump was going to lose, especially with the drop of the Access Hollywood tape. Who knew that within thirty minutes or sixty minutes later uh, that uh, Hillary's emails or the the Democratic emails would drop, uh, courtesy of WikiLeaks, mm-hmm. uh, like magic. Yeah, what yeah. amazing timing! Uh, <laughs> and 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 nobody saw any of that coming. It was a reasonable assumption and but judging from the polls up to that point that she was going to win and of course she did win the popular vote by what yeah. before million whatever it was well yeah i mean i was yeah. just gonna say that uh that all being said and i and i understand the reasons why he ended up winning the election part of that though i think was uh, a particular level of complacency we had toward his ability to actually win because i mean maybe the- maybe or maybe it was similar to the complacency we we normally have for most elections i mean if yeah. you look at the the low turnout numbers and those sorts of things and then we see those numbers the turnouts improve uh when things get hot like uh, they did last fall yeah. and and as they will again as we work toward 2020 but uh it, it, the other thing you have to remember the more i'm i'm reading more and more responses the more detailed, written-out responses from uh, poll, people who are polled uh, to, to find out these things. And so many people in those and in, in uh, one-on-one interviews, so many people who voted for Trump say, I will not vote for him again. Yeah. A lot of those Trump supporters, uh, you know, I just, I, th- I think we need to remember that we don't have to be afraid of these people. We need to be aware of them. It's like walking through a parking lot at night. Don't expect to be attacked, but be prepared in case you are. <laughs> you know, right. so don't be so be careful. Don't be paranoid. And right. and so that's the the line that that I think we have to walk. And and I think in order to have the confidence to do that, we need to understand how increasingly minimal they are. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's a really, really great point. I I think there is a middle ground to be had here, and there's no doubt about that. I just think that it's important to know yeah. What what they're saying and what the reaction to or what Trump is saying and what the reaction to what he's saying. Uh, what I've what I've seen and what I've read is it's the same. 
Yeah. It's, you know, and, and yes, there was more Hitler-like yelling last night because I think he's a man who increasingly knows he's screwed. Look, with this shutdown thing, uh, Democrats and Republicans came together last night and they put together a deal to keep the government open. It doesn't give him beans for a wall. It it, it buys some fencing and yeah. it offers even less money for that than the Democrats had originally offered. Mm-hmm. So this is just losing. And he, he already lost when he, he agreed to reopen the government, when they, when when the government reopened, he's he's already lost his bargaining. And this was just another loss. Uh, last night's success in Washington was just another loss for him. And the next loss lined up for him is he has two choices. He can either refuse to sign the thing. He says he doesn't like it. He hasn't said if he will or won't sign it. But uh, he says he doesn't like it. And he's also indicated that, well, whatever. I think I my prediction is he will sign the bill to keep the government open and then issue an emergency declaration uh, for the southern border and use military funds to build the wall. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, and, and, but, but either way, it's a loss for him. He's got to go to this step in order to get that done. Well, that's probably what's going to happen. I, I, I completely agree with you on that point, too. I think that's uh, that's a fair assessment of, I think, this, the strategy he's going to take. Although, you know, there's really no predicting from moment yeah. to moment oh, what this guy's going right. to do. Right. And that's it. He's such a drama queen. Yeah. And he, know, he knows this. He goes, well, you know, are you going to sign it? Well, we'll see. You know, he just says, I, just, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not yeah. happy with it. Uh, but he, he hasn't said he won't say whether he's going to keep the government open or shut it down. And uh, regardless of that, uh, is he going to order the military to build the wall using an emergency declaration? Well, the other thing I caution against, too, is to uh, take too much from the past and apply it to what's happening next, because I think um, this is going to be a Trump campaign that is going to be ramped up and multiplied times a thousand. I think we're, we're looking at a very angry uh, yes. uh, re-election campaign, uh, a campaign in which the president is going to pull out all the stops because he knows that the only thing protecting him from legal jeopardy is the office of the presidency. So he is going to defend it. This guy is going to. Uh, not spare any expense or spare any amount of fear mongering or awfulness uh, along that path in, in service of him getting reelected. For example, uh, a newborn baby. This is what he said last night. Newborn baby coming out into the world and wrap the baby, make the baby comfortable, and then talk to the mother and talk to the father, and then execute the baby. And then he repeats it loudly. Execute the baby, he screams out. He's talking about Democrats executing newborn mm-hmm. babies he right. uh, at one point he said democrats have to stop being so angry which he rage screeched at the crowd he's talking about uh democrats not only murdering babies but taking your money taking your doctors coming for your freedom he said mm-hmm. he just yeah that was right after that he started yelling about murders killings murders murders <laughs> foul floor and filth foul well floor. he's crazy he's crazy and he then, can I try mean, well yeah. and then he rip whip people up into such a frenzy to the point where a BBC cameraman was attacked by a Trump supporter screaming, fuck the media, fuck the media. I think we're looking at, again, I hate to be the alarmist about all this. No, you don't. But, well, I, I honestly do. I don't I don't love panicking, I assure you, especially not now. Uh, but the fact is, is that, you know, it's, it's going to be a difficult, difficult campaign to observe. Again, we're not talking about candidate Trump. We're talking about President Trump, as obnoxious as those two words are together. This is a guy who is going to protect his office with a ferocity... Uh, Unlike we've seen in the past. 
He'll try. <laughs> He'll try. He'll try. <laughs> I, I believe. I believe um, most of what you said there about the ferocity yeah. of uh, the attempted ferocity of his campaign. I and and uh, those people in the red hats that you saw at that rally last night. Oh, they believe that with all their hearts. Yeah. And there are a lot of Trump supporters outside that arena last night who believe that with all of their hearts. And then there are some Trump supporters who go, eh, I don't believe that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 not, not, and and, and uh, most of America, the vast six in ten Americans do not believe that, if not yeah. more than that. Eight in ten Americans may believe that. We're talking about a, a minority of people here. And they can try to be fierce. They can try to be ferocious. But the law is closing in on this guy. I love, I'm. you know, I'm not... I'm not necessarily, I'm not really an Elizabeth Warren supporter in terms of uh, presidential run. I love her to death. I, I don't necessarily support her, but I love what she said the other day at a rally. Very surprising <laughs> that, that uh, Donald Trump might not even be president in oh, 2020. Yeah, he, yeah. he might not even be a free person. She said, I, I, you know what? I, I, I love that somebody said that out loud. And yeah. so uh, kudos to Elizabeth Warren for that. And, you know, one thing I want to mention about the rally last night is uh, uh, Tr Trump clearly is suffering again from small penis syndrome because he was <laughs> lying about the crowd size. I want to talk about that in, oh, in, yeah. in just a second. But I want to make sure everyone knows that uh, uh, we ended up posting a, a huge interview with Malcolm Nance, uh, Shouty McShoutface, last week. Um, and, and by the way, uh, oh, yeah, I should mention, too, if you haven't heard it yet, he actually revealed some uh, some information about Donald Trump Jr. So you want to listen to that interview and oh, get his, cool. uh, his, uh, his view of what uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s future holds. But in the meantime, <laughs> we don't ha have an interview show this week. I'm off tomorrow. I have a doctor's appointment. I'm not going to be able to do any interview show tomorrow. But next week, we've got uh, Drift Glass and Blue Gal from the Professional Laugh podcast making their Earth One debut. And one of the things we're definitely going to talk about is because this has been a point of a little bit of tension between me and Drift Glass is <laughs> our view of the never trumper crowd and i think yes. most of you know where i stand on that i think most of you know where drift glass stands on that but uh we had a friendly disagreement i think and i underscore friendly on on twitter uh, yeah. last week and i think uh we're gonna take some time next wednesday to cover a little bit of that territory again and see if we can work on some sort of detente between the two of us i i'm yeah. com i'm confident that we can because he's I'm, a smart I'm, guy. I'm with i'm with you what needs to yeah. be done can't be done without them right, we need right. we need the never trumpers and and any other reasonable Republican. Well, along those lines, you can find all that crap on our Patreon page. And by the way, found a new easier way to get to our Patreon page. All you got to do now is go to bobseskashow.com. BobSeskaShow.com. That'll take you right to our Patreon page. I bought that domain name over the weekend and assigned it to go to point directly over to our Patreon page. So you don't need to know how to spell Patreon in order to get to our Patreon page. All you got to know how to spell is Bob Seska Show. And I know Seska's in there too, but you're going to have to figure that one out for yourself. Um, and as I said, the best way to support this show is to subscribe to our bonus content on our Patreon page. Again, BobSeskaShow.com. Uh, or you can just click the all caps Patreon link under the logo at bobseska.com. You can sign up for $1, $5, $10, $15 per month. And depending on your subscription amount, we'll give you hours of weekly bonus content, including our postmortem show recorded after the end credits roll on our Tuesday and Thursday shows, along with our after party podcasts on Fridays and the 90 minute ultimate edition of this show without commercials. I sit here and I take out every single damn commercial out of the show to present it to our $15 a month subscribers. We're also 
also posting all kinds of free content on our Patreon page, including our Wednesday interview show. As I said, people like Malcolm Nance, John Fugelsang, Tony Atamanik, Jillian Barbary, Stephen Weber, and the Frangela duo. By the way, speaking of John Fugelsang, I want to talk about John Fugelsang's show and Frank Conniff. I want to talk about that on the postmortem show today, so stand by for that. A little bit of controversy over at Sirius XM Insight. And I want to get Frank Conniff on the interview show as soon as possible, so I've already reached out to him for that. Go to patreon.com slash join slash Bob Seska show or just straight away bobseskashow.com and do your part to support this completely independent podcast. Thank you in advance. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, it's our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us. It's Buzz Burbank here today uh, from Buzz Burbank News and Comment, buzzburbank.com, also realmnetwork.com. Every damn Thursday, the best hour plus of news that you're going to hear all week, and you can do it anytime you want. No television required. No no cable, none of that crap. No Facebook. You don't need any of that crap. All you need is buzzburbank.com, and you're set. Okay. So, oh, yeah, this is great. Thank you, Bob. So here, uh, oh, you're welcome, of course. Um, So last night during his rally, here's something Donald Trump says. This is so funny. Yes. A young man who's got very little going for himself, except he's got a great first name. He challenged us. He's talking about Beto O'Rourke here. Uh We have, say, 35,000 people tonight. In, in his audience. This is Trump saying he's got 35,000 people tonight in his audience. And Beto has, say, 200 people, 300 people, Trump said at his rally. <laughs> right, right, right. Not too good. And, of course, you can picture Trump saying this. Not too good. He's, he, for some reason, he's got an affectation where he says good, 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 good. Um, so that's very German. Sounds like Hitler. It's very, very, very good. German. Again, once again, it's that crazy German kid. No, not very good. Not good. That's not good. Schnell, schnell. Oh, my God. So uh, so Trump says uh, Beto's only got 200 people, 300 people. He says, not good. In fact, what I would do, that may be the end of his presidential bid. So, so he's basically saying, oh, he only had 300 people. Uh, too bad. No presidential bid for you, Beto. You're done. Toast. Bye-bye. Of he course, knows these things, yes. Of course, Buzz. The facts come out the next day. The venue for Trump's rally only holds 6,500 people, unless there were lots of people sitting on each other's laps last night. There There weren't. The fire department saw to it. (laughs) Thank you, fire department. And officials told reporters that's how many people were allowed inside. Uh 6,500 people, not 35,000. The oh. limit, and they said there may have been uh, that many outside, or that I, you know, I'm not sure. There, anyway, yeah. there were a significant, there were a significant number outside. It was not a double digit number, as as Trump implied, and uh, he was very wrong about Beto, right? Right. Well, El Paso police told uh, Bloomberg uh, this morning that O'Rourke's rally, on the other hand, brought uh, out ten thousand to fifteen thousand yes. audience members. That's correct. Yeah, and that's a, a little bit more than 200 people, 300 people, as he said. Not too good. Not too good. There have been varying accounts. I think the New York Times upshot was that uh, the, the crowds were nearly equal in size with Beto's crowd being a little bigger. 
Yeah. Was kind of their conclusion. But either way, uh, Trump vastly exaggerated uh, the size of his crowd, as he is wont to do. But see, we're used to that. I mean, eh, water off a duck's back. We're, we're used yeah. to, to hearing uh, that sort of thing. And uh, again, uh, to me, anything, just about anything he says these days, or anything Sarah Sanders says these <laughs> days, is just, yeah, you don't have to pay any attention to it because you know, A, it's not true. Yeah. And uh, B, it's distracting from the business at hand. Yeah, I've, I've been told Trump lies a lot. I'm not sure. I <laughs> see a little bit of evidence of that here Some or there. Numbers on that somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, once again, we're back to this double standard that we've been observing for so long that, uh, you know, you can loop in gaslighting and all the rest of it into it. But I, I wrote a piece right. for Salon uh, out today. I think it's above the uh, above the fold right now. You can find it at Salon.com. Cool. Uh, about this double standard and how uh, Donald Trump is treated and what the expectations are of Donald Trump versus literally everyone else. Where Donald Trump, because he floods the zone with thousands of scandals seemingly by the week. Well, th- there you go. In, in ex- essence, we agree there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the problem is the amount of attention we give to him mm-hmm. uh, by covering you know, a lot of this stuff. And, and I say we. I, I, I don't. I filter out as much of as much trump as possible and talk about uh, what's going on in the real world that's like i mean it's a, it's a it's a scary cartoon but it's like a cartoon it's not that's in no way now, anything trump says or does or anything his people say or do uh, in no way reflects reality we yeah. we we've come to know that so we shouldn't stress ourselves i mean we're aware of it we've made note of it we understand it. We hear it going on off to the side, but it's better, I think, uh, to mostly ignore it. And so uh, I, I agree that uh, too much uh, attention is, is given to Trump. Don't let him have his drama. Don't let him have his show. Don't let him have his tune in for the next episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what I'm saying is, is that to a certain respect, and I'm not saying everything deserves this kind of attention, but to a certain respect, there are things that absolutely do, I think, require our shame because what we're doing well, sure. is what we're, we're constantly we're, embarrassed but well, again that's but, a, but that's, that's but a to, constant too yeah but what we're all doing buzz to a certain extent is we're writing the first draft of history and i feel like if we back away from uh, from constantly enumerating his trespasses against decency and against the presidency against the constitution and against uh race relations and all the rest of it that we're allowing history to germinate without having the insight of these observations. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah, I do. It's it's I know, but it's being tracked. I mean, it's not as though that will go unnoticed. What history will write when history writes about the Trump era, it will give examples from what you're talking about. Yeah, but it will be about the Mueller investigation. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's how history will remember this period of time. So these these things are scary because it represents a a kind of thought of which we should be afraid Mm. but at this point it's just so much noise and so much more of the same thing and and the history i believe will make note of examples of that but the story i think will be about 
colluding with the Russians. Yeah, well, I guess the, the example I'm leading up to here is if we don't, what happens is, is, is shit like we've been observing over the last uh, week or 10 days or so with the way Elizabeth Warren has been treated about her ethnic heritage, the way uh, Northam, Ralph Northam, has rightfully been treated about his racism and the, the, the scandals, the sexual assault scandals surrounding Justin Fairfax. There is a pervasive double standard happening right now where you can basically take and this is the view of of the conventional wisdom inside the beltway right now which as we all know metastasizes into conventional wisdom outside the beltway as well because they control so many eyeballs and ears what happens is is uh, all of trump's thousands and thousands and thousands eight thousand plus lies and then all of the corruption and fraud around that just gets bundled into one thing and then we compare just that gigantic bundle versus one thing from Elizabeth Warren or one thing versus Ralph Northam or one thing from Justin Fairfax or on down the line so, uh, Amy Klobuchar ate some uh, a fried chicken with a fork and a knife the other day suddenly that becomes a piece that Jonathan Martin from the New York Times is screaming about on Twitter I mean these things get amplified to, to a place that they don't deserve to be amplified to in relation to what Donald Trump has done and I feel like as frustrating as it can be sometimes and as aggravating and as uh, soul crushing it is to follow this long uh, uh, roster of Donald Trump trespasses well, against decency. It, it, I, I feel like what that does is it perpetuates the double standard where it gives uh, voters a false sense of what's important and what's not important. And I feel like by beating that drum to say this guy, this guy's a monster, X, Y and Z reasons why. I mean that's a, that's a that's a point of view that needs to constantly be hammered it's, home. Otherwise, we're right. going to forget, and otherwise, Elizabeth Warren's thing it's, suddenly it's grows a, in its importance in comparison. You see what I mean? Well, first of all, it's impossible to forget. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I, no matter how hard we try, we know I, it never. Just because I don't pay a lot of attention to it doesn't mean I don't make note of it. It doesn't mean I don't yeah. hear it. That I'm not aware of it. I'm aware of it. It's the <clears> same, you know. And when I hear something that's different than from what I've heard before, I'll, I'll perhaps give it more attention. But right now, it's a it's a sideshow to distract us from the business at hand, mm. uh, and, which, in my mind, is uh, removing this president before it's too late. Right. And 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 so I, I think we need if we're gonna if we're gonna heal the media. Then maybe we also ought to stop reporting on Amy Klobuchar eating chicken with a knife and fork. She's from Minnesota, where they eat the mayonnaise on their French fries. You know <laughs> what? Do, you know, bless her heart, they don't know up there. It's too cold. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 you know, and so uh, that's a more of a southern thing anyway, at, at least or mid, man midwestern, of course. But it's just not. You know, was not part of her life, even though she was raised in a, a very blue collar. So why the hell are we even covering that? I certainly don't and won't cover. It and there's no need for anybody else to either because it isn't news, it isn't relevant, it has nothing to do with the issues. So, if we're gonna be fair, it shouldn't be just about reporting on Trump, it should also be not reporting about how somebody eats their fried chicken. That's absolutely true. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, and, and on the subject of Northam, I, I want to sort of modify or retract something I said last week that I thought he was an idiot and needed to be removed, and I, I still think he, he bumbled a, a lot of things things badly but i'm intrigued by what he has to say and i underscore that with the new surveys that show a majority of black voters want him to stay and 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 i'm so inspired and heartened for their reason for wanting him to stay and that is 
They, they believe that this is not only a teaching moment for everybody. They believe it's a real shot at reform. And they believe that they also, but, but this is the, and this is the, the, the sort of sacrifice those black voters are making for all of us. And, and that is, they know that if that domino goes, others will go and that state will fall into Republican hands, which African-Americans do not want. And that is why a majority of African-American voters want Northam to stay in office and bless him for doing so. And I'm now, I'm very much on the fence as is Virginia itself as to whether he should stay or go. What he did was horrible. Uh, but if the black community or a majority of the black community is willing to give him another chance, then maybe we should too, and maybe we shouldn't try to speak for them. Well, he does have a hell of a record on race relations that are yes, that is positive, yes. and you know, I, I don't know. I'm not saying you know. I'm just saying we should definitely look at that, you know. And I, it just seems to me, and and I've heard uh, black uh, activists say this is why y'all speaking for us? Let us yeah. let us tell you what we think. And so polls were taken, and we now know the answer that a, a wide majority of African Americans want Northam to stay. They want the dumb white guy to stay because they hope to teach him and they hope to use that opportunity to make some changes and they know that a democrat will do it and a republican won't yeah you know what and, and then i feel like and this goes back to uh uh elizabeth warren and her heritage of course as we've right. been seeing uh, for the last few days at least that uh, all the while donald trump is concerned trolling about ralph northam they oh you look at this guy in virginia boy the democrats really suck and the republicans are going to take over now ha 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 and and take Taking this uh, holier-than-thou, sanctimonious approach to all of it. Um, again, this is stuff that metastasizes within the conventional wisdom, within the voting population as well, uh, certainly on cable news and all points uh, that are tangential to that. At the same time, uh, you know, Trump is allowed to say, call Elizabeth Warren repeatedly, Pocahontas, to say, see you on the campaign trail, making a reference to the Trail of Tears, apparently, where Donald Trump Jr. then responds and describes the takedown as, quote unquote, savage. No, I mean, knowing full he, he well loves, the meaning of this. He loves the brutality and the violence, as he, you noted at the beginning of the show. He really, really does. And the thing is, this gets lost and and we forget and and the media forgets or the media just goes huh there he goes again that eh, trump's being racist again what's what's northern doing today hey let's talk about northern some more and that and that well, offers up a completely lopsided view of racism among our political leaders don't you think Where i do i i do think that uh, especially if uh, a lot of americans idea of the news media i think yeah. even though most don't watch it their idea of the news media is the evening news mm -hmm. uh and because most people don't read papers they read they get news online so but if you throw the phrase news media at the average person i think they think of the evening news even even if they don't watch it yeah and when they brush by the evening news or their tertiary awareness of the evening news is uh, the evening news is is trying to be fair with donald trump that's they're still playing that stupid game and that's i think the reason yeah. that the coverage of not only is it yeah he's saying the same old 
terrible things again, and we all know that, and we're used to it, and blah blah. Uh, at the same time, they're they're really soft peddling. I I I hate the way that even today uh, the evening newscasts will. Uh, tr- it's it's like they're bending over backwards to try to treat him fairly. Yeah. When and not coming out and saying what needs to be said, and 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 that's just chicken shit to me. I can't <laughs> I can't believe. I can't believe that they're that timid, yeah. and 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 that that's that, I think that's really a problem. So if if Trump's uh, offenses are not properly underscored by the media, it's in that stupid, stupid, persistent attempt to look fair, so as they don't alienate any more of their viewers than they already have. They're yeah. they're terrified of of that. Uh, but you know the the, the newspapers, uh, the the Washington Post and the New York Times haven't gotten any less timid, nor have a lot of other very uh, powerful and valuable news gathering sources so uh you know that's there's still good journalism available but uh, that's you know the the people are not people are not getting uh, the full picture and what they do get is uh, tv loves video so if you got video of uh, liz warren eating or amy klobuchar eating fried chicken uh, by all means that's going to make the show because it's a it's a picture show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as, it's uh, a picture show. I mean, once once again, uh, fried chicken with a fork and knife, or right. Elizabeth Warren's DNA test. These are going to become the butter that's, emails of 2020. Right. I know, and that's partly on her. I mean, it yeah. really is partly on her. She could have avoided this. I mean, let them call you. You know, uh, she she allowed it. She Trump got her goat. You know, and and prompted her to get this DNA test so that she could prove she was an American Indian. And and it, it didn't really work. It, it backfired horribly. And if she hadn't done that, she'd be okay. And this, I think, maybe says something about her executive abilities, not to mention the fact that I think, like Bernie Sanders, she's kind of a one-trick pony. That she's a one-issue uh, politician. Uh, and and I, you know, I might be looking for somebody who. Has a you know a broader policy. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on on the Democratic side right now. I, right. I generally, oh, they're have, all good. Yeah. They're all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just I, I right now. I, in particular, I'm happy with just about everybody. <laughs> yeah. Point. Oh, yeah. There's no, I, any... I, I, I have to agree with that. I do. I just it's just on the Liz Warren thing. I it's like ah, I gotta put an asterisk on that because I, I I think she had something to do with that that problem. Yeah. And by the way, was it Kristen Gillibrand or was it uh, Amy Klobuchar who had the fried? chicken i forget exactly I, my instinct was to go with klobuchar on that but yeah exactly I, you know sure. i, I, doesn't, I don't even matter. know and see we're improving already we're not paying attention to those ah, perfect exactly exactly <laughs> right well you know uh one thing we've been talking about with regarding the with regard to the election has been the emergence of this guy howard schultz who is this uh third party independent billionaire dilettante who's decided yeah. from, from starbucks decided to uh run for president, scramble the whole fucking board, and and maybe even risk uh, re-electing Donald Trump in the process if he ends up taking more votes from Democrats. Although polls indicate that that... I, yeah. I, I think the most recent poll said that, yeah, he is going to take more votes from Democrats because Democrats are more inclined to vote for a third party candidate in the first place. So it may or may not be him, but the existence of a third party candidate doesn't help unless we find out unequivocally that he's going to take votes from Donald Trump. But nevertheless, we know that uh, never Trumper Steve Schmidt has uh, has taken up with uh, Howard Schultz and has become one of his advisors. And uh, it was a terrible career move. I think even Nicole Wallace was like, yeah, but it pays well. Yeah, it pays really well. I mean, he's getting a fortune from the from the billionaire. There's uh-huh. no doubt about that. And he gets that money whether Schultz wins or not, which I believe Schultz doesn't have a chance. Well, I don't think he'll. 
That, yeah, uh, no, I, there's yeah. no chance whatsoever, and that's what's so crazy about this buzz. There's no way that he could ever win. The, the system that we've set up here, especially with the Electoral College, discourages third-party candidates from actually ever being able to get to 270. So, uh, But Steve Schmidt was on his podcast uh, over the weekend, and, uh, and his co-host challenged Steve Schmidt. I, I said Steve Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> he challenged mm-hmm. Schmidt, uh, but challenged Steve Schmidt on Howard Schultz's uh, opposition to Elizabeth Warren's tax plan. And Steve Schmidt got so pissed off being challenged about uh, his affiliation with Howard Schultz that yeah. he he stormed off his own show. This is just a, a brief 30 second clip of what happened on Steve Schmidt's show. Hey, does he Always really dramatic. mean that a tax on incomes over 10 million dollars at 70 percent? which is widely popular this is, this is co-host here is ridiculous is that an adult conversation yeah i think he thinks it's ridiculous and it's confiscatory and that it's anti-growth that would be his point what is will derek jeter or uh, another athlete not hit another home run because they're going to get taxed at 70 what's the economic behavior that he thinks it's anti-growth other than his own pocket adam this is bullshit i'm i'm not doing this <laughs> steve you got to answer the question i'm not you got it steve I'm not. No. See, there it was. <laughs> well, I think he's doing a fine job at earning his salary. <laughs> Thank you, Steve Schmidt. I wish, I wish them both good luck. You know, yeah. he, he just, well, I think he could have been okay, but he, I think he just screwed himself. And I, and I really think, I, you know, Americans have no interest in electing a businessman again yeah, right. uh, at this point. So that's not going to happen. Uh, the, the, the attacks he's made on other candidates are offensive to most American voters. Uh, that's that's going to hurt him. Uh, I, I think there are too many factors. And those are just two of them, but I think there are others that uh, do not bode well for his candidacy, and yeah. and that pleases and relieves me. I I, I will keep an eye on him, but uh, a scant eye. I, yeah. I'm not terribly worried about Howard Schultz. Well, yeah, and again, he's no, no chance of winning the actual election. But uh, you know, all it takes is taking twenty thousand votes here to twenty thousand votes there, like Jill Stein did with uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and uh, Wisconsin, and then suddenly the whole thing yeah. is uh, is fouled up and we end up yeah but i mean his his views his views uh, are i think unpopular with people i just i think on every conceivable level this guy i i I just don't i'd love to see some numbers i don't think there are any i don't think he'll ever have any uh i just don't see any momentum for uh, howard schultz you know who the, the two biggest i thought this was interesting and it doesn't necessarily mean anything it certainly doesn't mean they're the best candidates necessarily but the two uh 2020 democratic hopefuls who are doing the best at small donors and this kind of tells you where america is coming from uh the the two doing the best at small donors are uh bernie sanders and beto o'rourke interesting yeah, yeah. Not, not surprising so, there yeah I just uh, say if Sanders is a patriot, he won't run. That's my opinion. Yeah, speaking of Beto, I was thinking about Beto last night, as I normally do. I think about Beto every Monday night, just randomly at about 8 o'clock. And uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. But I think I was thinking about Beto. As you remember, he had a conversation with Barack Obama. I think they met together uh, in Texas. Uh, maybe it was right before the holidays. And since then, we haven't been hearing a lot from Beto until last night when he delivered right. that gigantic rally. But right. I, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe he's still thinking about 
uh, maybe I should stick with uh, Texas politics for the time being and then run uh, another four years from now or something well, like that. That would be all right. But, that yeah. would be all right. You yeah. know, we'll, we'll, whatever happens. I mean, as we as we both said earlier, we, we really like all the Democrats who are yeah. considering at this point, and there's some who haven't announced yet who may be of interest to us. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, we'll we'll develop our favorites. I'm starting to take an interest. I've I've put it off until now, but now that Trump's launched his reelection campaign and, and everybody else has announced, I guess I guess we're in this, uh, whether we want to be or not. Here, here's Donald Trump's platform for 2020. This is just this is a sound effect that's going to just emphasize his entire platform for, for, for re-election. Thank you, oh, Donald yeah. Trump. That's yeah. it. See, and that's the other, what is, something else I wanted to say earlier is the crazier he gets up on that stage, yeah. uh, the crazier he looks and the sillier he looks, mm. and the more cartoonish he becomes. Mm. And uh, people are going to continue to fall off of that as they have been. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just... His his supporter is too small now to to support him, especially in light of oh my gosh the amazing progress that's being made over on uh, on the Mueller side. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I really appreciate about you, Buzz, among many many hundreds of things, is uh, that today you're, you're almost like a, you're like a Disney character today. You're bringing the positivity. <laughs> you're uh-huh. there. There are birds and butterflies flying around your head and landing That's on right. your finger, talking to you in human voices. And I'm I'm one of those cartoon sparrows that Disney has drawn so often. <laughs> And I so love you for it, uh, because uh, yeah, I'm Debbie Downer today. But I mean, there's a lot to be Debbie Downer about. I think so. Uh, there it is. Okay, well, there's a bunch of shit we didn't get to on the free portion of the show, but we're going to stick everything into the postmortem show today. You can go find that show at bobseskashow.com. Remember, that's the best way now to get to our Patreon page. Either click the Patreon link under the logo at bobseska.com, or just go to bobseskashow.com. And you can sign up and listen to the Postmortem Show. That's only $5 a month. It's literally pennies per episode. That's right. So go and do that. And thank you in advance for signing up on our Patreon page. Trying to build up to, uh, trying to get up to 1,000 supporters now on our Patreon page. We're, we're, we just passed uh, 900, and we're on our way with a bullet. Woohoo! Like With a bullet right to uh, 1,000. So thank you to everyone for supporting us on our patreon page uh let's see some plugs here at the end of the show of course buzz burbank can be found at buzzburbank.com also at realmnetwork.com and on twitter at at michael j elston uh let's see kimberly johnson can be found at patreon.com slash start me up support her podcast over there she just spoke with molly jong fast on her show as you want to listen to that David Ferguson can be found at patreon.com slash the T-Rex report. Everyone's got a Patreon page. <laughs> Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at jenkirkman.com. Jackie Schechner's at investigaterussia.org. Also support her at investigaterussia.org slash donate. Stephanie Miller shows at stephaniemiller.com. Jody Hamilton's at from-the-bunker.com. And Charles Johnson, where you can listen to this show on Charles Johnson's website, littlegreenfootballs.com. And thank you to him for uh, helping us uh, get the word out about the Bob Suska show. All right, post-mortem show coming up next. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Murders, murders, killings, murders.